Hey guys, podcast. This is a throwback to Wine Library TV back in 2007. Uh, a lot of fun up front in this episode. And then some reviews uh, as empathywine.com starts to ship. First of all, huge thank you to all of you that have pre-ordered. Uh, the rosé is on its way. Uh, can't wait for you to taste it. Uh, but this is a fun little throwback. I think a lot of you are going to learn a bunch about wine. But pay attention. This is my content from 12 years ago. And I think for a lot of you aspiring to make content on Instagram and YouTube and podcasts, this will help you. Like, this is a long journey, plus a little fun uh, nod to Twitter launching that I think a lot of you will enjoy. So enjoy this. Let me know. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Wine Library TV. I am your host, Gary Vay, Nur Chuck, and this, you know how to, this is Wine Library TV. So, you know, we take wine pretty seriously, even though I get a little goofy and have a lot of fun um, and get a little loud and obnoxious and over the top and jersey on your butts. You know, trying to keep my mouth clean. Um, we are taking wine very seriously. I've been tasting a lot of serious wine lately. I've been very fortunate. Had a great uh, 75 Lascasse last night. Um, real, real nice. Um, really, really excited about what I've got in front of you today. I've got four 90-point wines all that I've never tasted before, all that I want to taste. So let's be honest, don't I deserve a bone? I mean, come on, can I do a show that means something to me? Will you give me that? Um, still doing the Twitter thing. Um, decided to give you a link right over here to my Twitter so you can add me because way too many people emailed me yesterday asking me how to uh, become my Twitter friend and that's tough. And speaking of being social, because I'm a social kind of guy, uh, I'm going to throw another link, uh, my favorite little site, my only MySpacey kind of site, Corked, my account. This is the Wine Geeks MySpace. Come and join me, become my friend. You'll see why. So, um, I think we're having a whole lot of fun because there will be Four sensational wines in front of you. Four wines that I think are tremendous values on paper. Now, paper is dangerous because a lot of times you read it a certain way and it doesn't become the reality. But I'm pretty confident. we got some great pedigrees, some great wineries. And today, no vibrating. I read your comments yesterday on the Twitter attacks that bothered you. This, the uh, vibration was distracting. Today, it's on silent, but I can see through my eye and, you know... I don't let the computer or the machine or the man control me. I don't need to look at it. Um, but they're coming in and I will answer some questions at the end, keeping it a little semi-interactive. So let's start with the first wine today and this comes from a legendary uh, Burgundy producer. I'm gonna hide this because I am getting distracted. This is the Verge 2004 Grand Avalage Chablis. Now this is 19 US dollars which is a nice price for Chablis, and 90 points Pierre Ravani, who no longer writes, I gotta close this, who no longer writes for uh, Robert Parker, wine advocate, but was a long time, decade long fixture. Uh, this is 80% three to five year old French oak, which is you know uh, an interesting practice for inexpensive Chablis, and 20% stainless steel. I'm gonna talk about French oak and stainless steel a little bit today because you get very different wines when you go from oak or stainless steel. You know, oak, you get those very round, mouth-filled, creamy, oaky, milky wines. Uh, stainless steel, you get much more purity of the fruit. You're really letting the grapes do the speaking, um, for say, and a lot of times with white wines, you get very 
crisp, clean wines. With red wines, a little bit thinner, refined though, focused fruit flavors. So I find this interesting. I like the concept of people using a little bit of both. Um, this is not new French oak either, which obviously when you have a new French oak, there's just you know that bigger sense of the flavor from the barrels. Think about the thing you buy that you put into your car. You know those little like palm trees or whatever, the evergreen trees. In the beginning, boy oh boy does that snazz up your little whip. But later on, you know, you just don't smell it anymore. It gets shriveled like Yoda. And so, you know, that's really what's going on with this wine. A little three to five years so you can get some subtleness, I think. Let's give it a whirl. As you can see, nice color, nothing too wrong with it. Again, on paper, Pierre Ravani, a tough critic, 19 bucks, 90 points. A little cough from Eric, you're right over there. EFK back in the hot seat. It feels good to have him there. Let's give it a whirl. Nice, subtle uh, fruit on the nose. Actually, I get a very intriguing, pretty obvious to me, smell of grape nuts, which is one of my favorite cereals. So I'm getting a little graininess, a little grape nuts, covered with a little bit of butter. So think of grape nuts with a little butter, now put it in the microwave. It's a little intriguing dish. I think I have to try that. Yeah, that's what this wine smells like. A little crispness, I get a little seashell. Definitely a little Nantucket on the nose in here. A little seashell. Yeah, little East Coast oysters, which I'm more of a West Coast oysters guy. Big shout out to Kumamoto's. Let's give it a whirl. I get a nice little tweak of lime juice on this, a, a lot of lime in this wine. Actually the most lime I've tasted in a white wine in a whole, whole long time and wouldn't have expected it from a Chablis, which don't forget is 100% Chardonnay. Um, lighter than I expected, a little bit more off balance. I get I get a very, I do get a little bit more of that seashell. I think, you know, I'm definitely getting a, um, Ocean breeze, weird. I don't know, this wine is lighter than I expected it by, by leaps and bounds, actually. Really almost more Sauvignon Blancish than Chardonnay, except for the little hint of oak and cream, which you expect with a Chardonnay. I'm gonna disagree with Pierre Ravani, a guy who I tend to agree with a whole, whole lot. I'm gonna score this wine 86 points. I'm not feeling it, I think it's a big pass. Let's throw up eight Zs and, uh, and definitely put that $20 bill back in your pocket. Let's move on. That was surprising. Estancia Pedra Azul, 2005 Toro. This is from the Toro region in Spain, which is getting super, super hot. This is 12 US dollars. This is 90 points, Jay Miller. And this is 100% Tinta de Toro, which is also Tempranillo, but is uh, known as Tempa de, uh, Tinta de Toro in uh, the Toro region. Uh, and this wine is completely aged in stainless steel. So I told you we'd be talking that, about that a little bit. Again, Jay Miller, who now writes for The Wine Advocate, does the Spanish wines and Australian wines and a couple other things, I think. A real good guy, Dr. J, as he's known. Can't dunk, though. Um, so, again, 12 bones, 90 points. On paper, once again, and on color. This is going to bring the thunder. I mean, this is dark, dark, dark color. Purple, black, really, really intimidating. It's got a lot of purple edges. It's really like a mad Barney. I'm, I'm a little bit scared. Let's give this a whirl. Mm. 
you know, kind of a, a stinky nose a little bit. Uh, smells a little chemically for me, and that's not so great. It actually smells like cheap Spanish wine to me. So off, off on the nose, I'm already a little bit disappointed. A lot of Spanish wines tend to have a little bit of like that, I don't know, like hairspray, but none of the hairspray smell. Like, I don't know, just like a gas coming out, like a silent gas, silent but deadly gas. Aerosol. You know, what's that? Harrisol. Harrisol, maybe, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's really coming off extremely chemically with like a cherry on top. You know what I mean? It's like, here, have a cherry just so we can trick you. It's wine. I'm, I'm really disappointed with wines. I, I get them sometimes in Grenache-based wines that go with this. I'm not a fan of this garbage plus hairspray. This isn't good either. This wine is very one-dimensional and that dimension is crap. Um, it's very, very much as fake as it gets. I mean, this is Hollywood. All the girls running around in Hollywood. I mean, though pretty and looks like it should be pretty, a lot of fakeness going on. This wine tastes like artificial wine. A-dub, if you know what I mean. And so, I'm very much against wine like this. This wine tastes made and not true from the vineyards. I'm down on this wine. I'm gonna score this wine 78 points because this is everything I hate about the wine industry. It tastes artificial, it tastes fake, it tastes chemically. It really, really tastes like it's not even wine and they added wine flavors. This may be the future with all the technology that's scaring everybody. However, um, not the future for me with wine. I'm on pass on this wine and I'm giving it a 78. Again, some people might find it drinkable And there's like a sugar, I mean, it's bad. It's not my style. And again, there's some people who would like this. It's got some candy flavors. It's got a little strawberry. Again, I'm, I can't get over the, the fakeness. All right. Prima. Please be prima. We're off to a bad start. 2004, Toro. A great area. Don't let this wine from Toro get you down. I'm a big fan of Toro. Um, this is 11 months in French oak. 13 US dollars. 100%. Tinto Fino, 90 points, Jay Miller. Let's give this a whirl. Boy, oh boy. These wines from Toro. Sure are not bashful about color. By the way, really quick note on a lot of people said that everybody's fearful of technology eliminating people interaction. I was reading a lot of the comments yesterday because I thought it was an interesting question, a little philosophy kind of thought process going on with the question. And... I've actually found that there's more interaction with people because of technology. I stay in touch with many more friends. As a matter of fact, I wish that I was part of the generation. I've lost touch with lots of friends from high school and college that if there was the technology in place that I would still be able to interact. And as a matter of fact, things have made me interact with people because technology, because somebody will IM me or Twitter me like, hey, I'm three blocks away and I get out and, you know, and jump into some shorts and go and hang out with them. I think it's really cool and I find more human interaction. Though I might not be face to face, the emotions inside my body when I interact feel exactly the same way. I don't know, and I think as video catches up and it's gonna, I don't know. Not that I totally understand. Listen, go fishing and hug and kiss your dad. Those kind of things, I'm down for. You know I'm all about family, but kind of interesting. It should get, should get interesting as time gets on. 
It's interesting. I'm going to use interesting 24 times if I can. All right. Extremely dark. I mean, this is as dark as wine gets. You cannot see through it. It's a dark cave, and I'm very, very worried to go down this alley, but I will because I do things for you. Let's give this a whirl. And this has clearly oak on the nose. Uh, I wouldn't say oak monster. I get that dairy aspect. Uh, milky milk in the hizzy. Nice dark cherry, good licorice. This has a nice powerful nose. 14.8 alcohol content, 13 bones, 90 points, Jay Miller. This is bringing a lot of heat. Hopefully not on the palate. Let's give it a whirl. Ufa. This is a big wine. Old world fans, leave, no doubt. Very explosive fruit, very rich, monstrous. If you're a fan of the Clio, you're gonna like this. Now, unlike the Clio, which I think brings a lot of secondary and third tier, and throw up a four for me, even a fourth level of flavor and complexity, this wine's going with about 1.7% complexity in different flavors. The first one is massive. That richness and explosion, that tricks people when they first get into wine, or even for a long time wine, because it's so god darn delicious. This wine is delicious. Black currant, blackberry, licorice, I like it. It's a one-dimensional monster, though. I mean, that's all it's got, and if you can counter it, it's like a boxer who can only throw a left hook. If you can counter it, once you figure it out, you're gonna beat it, a la Mike Tyson. If you got rid of his intimidation factor, he was beatable. This wine reminds me of that, or King Hippo. Eric, great work. Big shout out to Mike Tyson's punch out. I was stuck on King Hippo for a while, but once you figured it out, he was very beatable. Same with this wine. I think this is a wine that can bring a lot of instant pleasure. Lots for a lot of people, especially if you like New World, big explosive wines. I like this wine. However, as you get into your seventh or eighth bottle in your case, I think it's gonna get a little bit annoying. It's like those people you love when you first meet and then it's a little bit too much. I'm the other way around actually. I grow on you, I promise. Um, Let's go 89 plus on this. I can't go 90 because it's not a 90 to me. There's a lot of people who are gonna think this is a 90, 91 point wine. It's still extremely good and very much worth seeking out for 13 US dollars. Let's move on. Oh, this should be good. I'm a big, big fan of this region. Domaine Corby, 2003 St. Joseph, which is a Rhone wine. This is a Syrah-based wine, 21 US dollars. 90 points, Robert Parker. Bring me to the Rhone anytime. I'm a huge, huge fan of this region. Um, I think they make some of the best wines in the world. And uh, St. Joseph is very underappreciated. A lot of people know Cote de Rhone, a lot of people know Chateauneuf de Pop, but a lot of people just don't know the St. Joseph's, and they tend to be very good wines for very nice prices. But the problem is, is there's so much junk in St. Joseph that people kind of shy away from it. And I don't blame them, because when you're rolling three out of 10, you're only a Hall of Famer in baseball. So, really nice color, really nice. Interesting, very, very modern nose. I'm getting almost like a Got a very fruity aspect. Very interesting. This has a, a very solid fruit component and then almost like segues to like a peppermint spearmint minty thing and then quickly to like a vegetal aspect. I really don't know how to explain it other than let's go three-way transformer starting as a 
beautiful golden plum. Plums aren't golden. Beautiful dark black plum quickly transforms into spearmint gum and then right into a piece of asparagus. You know, kind of that three-way move with Transformers coming on soon. You know, uh, can't wait for that movie. Uh, I think that's a perfect way to, uh, to describe this nose. It's a Transformer nose. Man, it's weird. It's very interesting. It really does go plum, spearmint, asparagus. Plum, spearmint, asparagus. It's pretty cool. Let's give it a whirl. I like the nose a lot. And it's very different. Mmm. A little bit lighter than I was hoping. Naimi Parker, I was kind of thinking, and I love this producer. He makes some amazing high-end Cornas and some other wines. Um, boy, it's doing a lot of that Houdini on me. It's just disappearing. The flavor is very thin. It was intriguing. It had some really nice black pepper. I almost got a, a, a little uh, eucalyptus there for a few seconds. Uh, got a little dirty old leather shoe. I like that. It was very intriguing. And then it kind of really, man, from the second stage and the third tier, it was just gone. Really disappeared on me. Yeah. I'm going to score this wine 86 points. It just, it doesn't do it for me all the way. And again, for, you know, 21 bones, you're going to have to pass on this hard. Wow. Even even the Toro, I think, could be a problem. I mean, this could almost be an over. I mean, this is tough. You do four 90-pointers. I don't know. I'm in a good mood, but it just didn't work out for us. I, I, the Primo is definitely for New World fans. A lot of people love the Clio from Spain, so I really want to recommend people to go seek this out. But I can honestly tell you that this is a pretty disappointing day for me because I was really intrigued by all these wines and was really looking forward to it. So, uh, before anything else, Vaniac wristband pictures continue to come in, pouring in by the billions. So, oh, Twitter questions, right? Almost forgot, they weren't buzzing. Let's see what's going on here. Did we get some? We got 18. Very nice. All right, so let's do something. So why don't friends let friends... <laughs> I'm gonna have, this is gonna be tough, actually. All right, let's do, uh, let's get to the questions. Johnny Walker Blue says, what varietal is Pintage most similar to? Johnny Walker Blue, or John Blue Label, sorry. Pinotage is not similar to anything. It's really bananas and uh, copper, you know, and so it's really its own thing. I mean, it's really, you know, it's like one of those grapes that you really can't, you know, antiquate with any other grape out there, so you've got to really, I don't know, you know me, um, you've really got to go and try Pinotages. It's really its own animal. It's like saying, what animal is the giraffe most similar to? You know? Let's move on. Remp Shaker says, Gary, what kind of training do you need to have in order to properly score wine? Remp Shaker. Very serious stuff. Think Rocky Four. I mean, I would put logs on my back and go through the snow, and you know, I'd invite Mr. T to punch me in my mouth. You know, Carl Weathers and I would run on the beach and then like high five in a very awkward kind of man-man love way. I mean, you gotta really train hard. I read books when I was 14. I would throw rocks at my palate, chip like 14 teeth. You know, you gotta catch bunny rabbits in the wild and bite them on their ass. I mean, it's a really serious regimen. My answer to you, seriously, is no training at all. It's your palate, you score it exactly the way you want to score it, and you tell anybody who doesn't agree with you to sit down and taste the wine and tell you what they think. Because wine is a complete 
and open experience and everybody's got their own palette. I've got mine and I never ask anybody to totally agree with me. It's just my opinions and I hope I can add a little value. Matthew L says, learning how to update and customize Twitter. Oh, that's not a question, that's just his overall statement. Why not? Selling time for today's wines, please. Oh, that's a good, you know what? A lot of people have been asking me, this is where Twitter comes through. Let's talk about selling wines. This wine right here, I think, is actually very thin as a drink now for the next two or three years. I think the Prima is a wine you can definitely put away for two to five years. I'd really like to see what happens. It could tone down and maybe create some second and third tier flavors. It's a very sneaky wine. Um, and this Verger, I think, is really something that you can put away for another year or two. But again, also a little bit lighter and one dimensional. I thought, I mean, today might have not been the best selling time. But you know what? You've reminded me. Why not? And, and something I'll try to bring more into the shows. Let's find one more here, just for kicks and giggles. Um, um, direct from Skip London. Ever hear of a wine called Episode? Supposed to be answered to Opus One at half the cost. I haven't, I'll do some homework on that and maybe we'll get it on the show. Let me get one other one, if I can. Matt3866, Gary, if you were limited budget and wanted to start building a decent seller over time, what wines would you start with? Matty, great question, probably a great question for a lot of people. Get on wines that can sell a long time and splurge. Too many people buy wines that they can afford and buy like seven to 20 of them, 30 of them, and you know what? You end up not liking those wines. They don't tend to be the wines that you gravitate towards. So what I tell you to do is gravitate towards wines that you don't like, that are too complex, too tannic, you don't like them so much, and splurge. So instead of buying five to 10 wines at 10 bucks, buy one or two wines at 30 or 40 or 50 dollars, and buy them in Burgundy or in Bordeaux, classic areas that you may not enjoy yet. I promise you, as you develop your palate, you know, in the snow with the log, you will find a way to enjoy them. Question of the day, very simply. How awesome is this? I cannot thank you. Do you know how much I love you guys? How awesome is this? Because you, with a little bit of me, were definitely changing the wine world.